Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio, powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. And we mean right now. Welcome to Lead Lap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. My name is Tom Baker. I'm joined by the G-Man in our WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina, and also joined, of course, by our producer extraordinaire. His name is Red. Yeah, we're still trying to learn, but we're doing all right, I guess. Yeah, you're doing a great job over there. He's punching all the buttons to keep us on WSIC TV 25.2 over the air in Charlotte and also on the Performance Motorsports Network. And, uh, well, if you were looking for... Some major motorsports news today. You got it. Usually Mondays, we talk about the weekend. We recap the races. We look forward to the week ahead. We woke up this Monday morning, and basically we had an earthquake. We had a motorsports social media earthquake. Huge. Huge. Roger Penske bought Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But he didn't stop there. He bought the IndyCar series and he bought their production uh, side business as well. So Roger Penske is making a huge move to now control not only uh, the Brickyard, but also the uh, IndyCar series. We're going to talk about that. Of course, we know what happened yesterday at Texas. Uh, actually, you know, they, they do everything bigger. They say everything's bigger than Texas, bigger <laughs> in Texas. You can't just have one big series racing there. We got to have two. And, uh, NASCAR took on F1 yesterday and Kevin Harvick won for the NASCAR guys. And, um, well, Lewis Hamilton didn't win the battle for, uh, the F1 side. He actually won the war though. He got the championship. Valtteri Botas won the race at Coda. Um, we'll talk about all of those things as the show goes on. We've also got a very, very special guest that I am just, I can't wait to talk to Dan Mazervi. Dan is, is one of the founders and, and is uh, once again, now the president of the pro four modified uh, group that uh, I know them from the new England area because I grew up uh, up in central New York. And so, you know, that was kind of my part of the, the world. And I know, G-Man, you grew up in Buffalo, so we kind of associate. But Not only that, well but I was one New of England. the starters for the Pro 4 Modified yeah, Series. Yeah, you actually worked for the series. So, um, But they go they go way beyond New England. And, and so um, the series has kind of um, diminished a bit over the course of the, the last few of the 50 years it's been in existence. But they're trying to, to uh, put together kind of a renaissance. And uh, Dan is just... I talked to him for a good bit the other day. One of the nicest gentlemen that I've ever spoken with and looking forward to uh, letting you all hear his story and talk about a form of racing that I think is one of the coolest divisions that exists in the sport today. So we'll have that for you coming up as well. Um, Wow. Roger Mm -hmm. Penske. Um, What can you say about this? He bought Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He bought the IndyCar Series. And he also bought their kind of media side, if you will. So Rogers, uh, Rogers got a lot going on suddenly. And um, to to really kind of understand this or put this into um, into some sort of perspective, um, Roger had to start a new company, Penske Entertainment Corporation, and he th- this is 
this is going to be, I mean, the Holman family has been in charge of the Indy, Indianapolis Motor Speedway for 74 years. And now it's, uh, it's, it's, it will belong to Roger Penske. Um, the IndyCar series will go to Penske. Um, and again, their, their, uh, production side, IMS radio and so forth. That all goes over in the deal as well. This is a deal G man that, um, because of the size of it and the magnitude of the corporations and such and all that's involved has to go through some government scrutiny. So, the the parties involved are hoping that this the deal will be finalized um, in early January, but uh, I don't expect there to be any any kind of uh, blowback from the government in this one. This should go through, and Roger Penske's going to basically own American Open Wheel Racing, which is pretty doggone incredible, honestly. Well, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, Tom, when it comes to a venue like this here, Roger Penske's been around the sport of auto racing and been involved with Indy for uh, quite a few years now. And this not only is this a, uh, a major move in motorsports here, but I look at it as a... Uh, historical event as well because oh, it's you're definitely talking, yeah you're talking 74 years of an ownership yeah uh, and all of a sudden now Roger Penske comes in but you know the transition at this time right now I think it's a smart move for one number two all the new young drivers coming into the sport all the things that Roger Penske Motorsports have done all the things that are involved with Indy uh, and the IMS series this is going to it's not going to be a shakeup. This is going to be a transition to where it's going to be well welcomed by many. The drivers, the fans, uh, the, the state of Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, you know, everything that, that Roger Penske has brought to that sport of uh, Indy racing yeah. and the sport of racing, um, this is just a, an amazing event. But one thing that I think that we're going to have to really concentrate on and pay attention to, and, and I've already seen a little bit in the media today, was... Are there going to be changes? Are there going to be major uh, moves made? And you know what? People, you're asking the wrong question way too early. We haven't even finished finalizing the deal. We haven't signed all the paperwork. Like you say, government's got to step in. They've got to go through everything with a fine-tooth comb. I don't understand why the media or why people are so worried about it. I think Roger's going to come in. Things are going to go as they are right now. And if we, if there are any changes that are going to take place, you're not going to be uh, really aware of anything at this point. It's way too early to even look at that, Tom. Well, it is, but it's our job, right? So, um, and the fans, uh, there were a couple of things that the fans um, are concerned about here. And, you know, and I, as a fan, have the same concerns a lot of the fans do. The first area is the potential for a conflict of interest because you have a team owner who now owns the track, the race and the series um, and, and several teams, you know, um, well, as I said, team owner who owns. Yes. So you have, so Roger needs to be careful how he handles that. He did say he was going to come off the pit box and no longer be a strategist for the 500, but um you know, it really goes beyond that. He needs to be real careful because the other concern the fans had, 
um, expressed is that Roger's been a big advocate for guaranteed starting spots in, in the 500. Um, and that to me is an absolute disastrous idea. Um, we had a 25 and eight rule before Tony George tried this and it was, it was a complete dumpster fire. Um, the Indy 500 is the best 33 cars period. And if you, if you institute guaranteed starting spots for those who have committed to a full season of IndyCar racing, you put yourself in a situation where you discourage people from doing one-offs for this. But yep. don't you already have that at Daytona during the 500? But you lock, see, you lock guys in and yeah. then you let some in through the duels. Well, the, the, the charters, well, the, the, but that's, that's a little different because the, the 500 has qualifying races, but it's still the same deal. You got to look at it from the charter standpoint. And this is, that's my, my sort of case study to prove my example. The charters have been a disaster um, because, again, how many new cup teams have you seen that, that have come in and can be halfway competitive? Zero. Um, half the time, we have barely enough to fill the field if we have that. Um, last, I think at Texas, we had 38, if I remember right, out of 40. So there were two spots we can use. So my, my, my problem with this is that Roger Penske needs, in my opinion, to stay completely out of any discussion regarding that because his team would also benefit from it. Um, and the fans don't want it. So yeah, there are some things that, you know, that people are concerned about because Roger's going to have almost complete control, even though in theory, all the management structure stays in place and whatnot. He still owns, he owns it. So, you know, all of the IndyCar staff, everybody reports basically to him at this point. So he's going to be real careful, but I, I trust his business judgment, G-Man, to, to think that he's, but when he was asked that question about the guaranteed spots, he, he, he refused to answer. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to answer that right now. Um, at some point, he's going to have to provide his vision of, you know, what this looks like going forward, because this is a huge move. This is one of the biggest transfers of wealth and power within the sport that we've seen in Many, many years, and I think it's the biggest news story I've covered since probably February 2001 at Daytona. But I think, you know, it just to sum it up in my, the way I'm looking at it here, Roger Penske is going to actually probably have delegations to various people. I don't think Roger is going to actually be put on the on the spot here as far as making decisions and making well, calls he'll like board. that. He'll have yeah. the board, he'll exactly, have yeah. But, but how much influence is he going to have is going to be the well, question. He needs, you know, that's why the team owner thing's tough because you, you kind of need to come at this now as I can't, I can't deal with this as a team owner because I, I have a conflict. So it's almost, I got to bow out of that. I'm not saying he's got to sell the teams. He's got to get sort of distant so from more, them. And, he gives more know. power to Tim Sendrick. Sendrick you're saying, I'm just saying you give more Jay. power to like exactly. Sendrick or yeah. Jay. Allow he's got to step back from that. Exactly. Yeah, in my and, opinion. And I really think from a professional standpoint that Roger Penske is, is going to do that. And, and what you're saying, if I'm correct, is there may be more concern from team owners and drivers and things like that as opposed to fans. Well, no, I think it's the opposite. I think the oh, okay. fans are concerned about these okay. things. You know, the fans want to make sure that, uh, you know, everybody's everything's going to be the way it needs to be. Um, but there is tremendous upside. We'll continue talking about this around the other side of the turn. We'll be back here in just a bit. We lap just getting started. It's presented by HMS Motorsport. Hang around. 
You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Wing Lap. As we continue on a Monday night, as we do this show live uh, on the Performance Motorsports Network, PMN Radio app, or you can watch us if you're in the Charlotte area of North Carolina. You can watch us over the air on uh, WSIC 25.2 TV. Um Tom Baker, the G-Man, and Red hanging around the studio talking motorsports here. And uh, we've got Dan Mazervi coming up at the top of the hour to talk uh, Pro 4s. But we're talking about Roger Penske. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, we do have open phone lines for you. 704-873-1400. 704-873-1400 is our strutmasters.com uh, hotline. And you're welcome to use it. 
and share your opinion with us about this. Uh, it's obviously a big, big deal. Uh, we were talking about potential conflicts of interest before we went to break. And, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, Roger's Roger has been a very, very smart, wise businessman. Um, but this is a bit of a different situation. Uh, back when uh, he was part of the group that split from USAC to form CART, mm-hmm. Championship Auto Race Teams, back in the, I think it was the late 70s for that, um, maybe early 80s. It was successful for a little while, but they really, the, the the big mistake that they made is they basically abandoned Indy at that point. And, and so you had this split in the ranks and Tony George then had, he responded by, you know, forming the Indy Racing League. And so it, it splintered open wheel racing. And I think, you know, this, now we've got it back. And so, you know, it's, it's going to be tough for Roger because He's going to be watched very closely, obviously, to make sure that nothing that's going on gives his teams any more of an advantage or any unfair advantage, any kind of an advantage over the rest of the teams. Um, but I think the the real upside to this, G-Man, is Roger's credibility with corporate uh, folk. I think the possibilities for the infusion of more and much needed corporate sponsorship into the series um, is enormous Mm -hmm. with this new situation because now Roger's in control and again, they trust him. And so I believe that it's in those kinds of ways that we, we can see great progress for IndyCar and the Indianapolis motor speedway. Um, and and that's something that IndyCar really needs and a lot of the team owners need to be able to to get more sponsors to help themselves lift lift their teams up to competitive status. Absolutely. Corporate involvement is going to be a big key factor, Tom, in this move here with Roger Penske. Uh it, it's like and I don't mean I don't want to compare or anything, but with NASCAR, they're doing the same thing. They're looking at other manufacturers. They're looking at other ways, yes. other corporate deals. And and Roger being the fact with his corporate background and his knowledge and infrastructuring of corporate entities, I, I think you're right on target there. I think he's definitely going to reach out um, not only with this investment with all three of the venues here, but he is going to look heavily into corporate more yes. uh, manufacturers now uh, with various companies and stuff. This this is going to go on bigger than anybody can imagine now yeah. when it comes to the corporate involvement right now. And if anybody I think can lead a team into corporate manufacturing, corporate structuring, and infrastructure, and it's Roger Penske. I think he's got everything it takes to bring corporate more involved with this. Especially sponsorship programs yeah. are going to be a huge target i think with roger penske on this man well i agree and also you said something in that that something else that that really i think he is he is wanting to see as i know mark miles the indycar brass are wanting to see another manufacturer another oem involved and i think we need that i think that indycar needs that third player Mm -hmm. and i think that again roger and this this situation will bring the perceived long-term stability, James, to it that that it needs for another manufacturer to say, you know what, time to get in. And, you know, I know NASCAR also is looking at that, and, and I do believe in 21 you're going to see, or 22, 
you're going to see at least one, if not two new manufacturers. Um, you know, it's, it, this is really everybody, you know, NASCAR's dying, NASCAR's dying. Number one, you're wrong. Number two, this is really the perfect time for the sport, the two, the two groups to start working together more, which is the mm -hmm. other point that Roger made. He, he point blank said in the presser, I'm willing to invest in a NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader. I'm ready to invest. I'm ready to see this happen. Let's figure out how to do that and let's make it happen. Well, I yeah. believe, yeah, I believe Roger Penske, though, Tom, for a long time has already had things in his yeah. mind and had things on a table to where he wanted to go with this and the direction he wanted to go. Yep. And a merger with the two entities, I think, is long overdue. Um, and as far as bringing other manufacturers in, I, this is something, again, I think Roger Penske and the sport has long overdue. Honda has played a huge part um, in Indy for a long time. Now it's time to, you know, trim the branches back and expand a little bit more now. And NASCAR has been long overdue as well. Yeah, the biggest thing I think that Roger has for him is he can do the B2B deals. I mean, yeah. with everything yeah. he's got, well, he can that's... bring in, like, corporate sponsors because of B2B. He can say, hey, I have this, so we can do this for you if you can do this for us. And it's going to just make everything evolve because he has that. Yes. He has so many other corporations he's involved in that he's bought into or owns. He can use that to that's, help that's evolve That's been his smart move, James, the right there. That's where yeah. I think he's going to really well, turn this up. You've had him and you've had Rick Hendrick in NASCAR that, that have those other entities like the dealerships and things that, that can, you know, they can – they can sort of do other types of business with with sponsors, and that's really what the sport's kind of coming to at this point. So certainly that that won't hurt. Now, um, you know, I said this morning, um, Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport, uh, who is our co-host on Thursdays for Motorsports Madness, um, Jacob called me earlier this morning to to talk to me about this, and you know, I said at the time, you know. Oh, maybe he'll buy NASCAR next. Now, I was I was joking, but I also was looking at this and going, well, you know, you, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. And I don't want to start anything. I don't want to. I don't have any insider knowledge. I'm simply saying that when you mention merger, what what Roger's talking about is the two series, you know, running on the same weekend. Mm -hmm. Um and I think the idea of the double header, triple header events, the racing festival type events, I think that's a coming thing that, that it, eventually you're going to see this. I think this opens the door for IMSA to run it, Indy, which happens to be owned by NASCAR. Oh, by the way, it opens <laughs> the door for, you know, for even F1 to possibly come back now because now they can deal with Roger and there can be, you know, things put together that they and Tony George couldn't just couldn't. Um, so F1 wants a second race in the States. They're looking at Miami right now near the stadium where the Dolphins play. Um, you know, that would be a, a street course. But, you know, again, Indy's got the road course. I think you're going to see more stuff at Indy. I could even picture, honestly, I could picture the Australian VA supercars coming over. And, and running a show at Indy. I think the Indy, everybody around the world knows Indy. It's a show palace. It's a show place. It's revered. And, and they literally have the opportunity to bring almost anything to that facility that, you know, that they desire. And with Roger's um, connections and his ability to get things done now, those are the types of things that I think you could see. Well, that's why I say I, I don't think that 
you know, this move that, as you say, took place six weeks ago here, this is not something that I think all of a sudden Roger just came up with these ideas. I really honestly think my opinion is that a lot of this had been on the table at one time. I think Roger Penske, my personal opinion, think Roger Penske had these ideas, exactly what you're talking yeah. about, of bringing other activities to the track. Here's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is this is something I think, this is his think mindset. I mean, you got to look, he's a brilliant man. Yeah. And his, he's a corporate structured individual. In his mind, everything revolves around what can we do to make it better? Right. What can we do to improve? Uh, what can we do to improve our fan base? What can we do to uh, bring manufacturers in? When I said merge before, I didn't mean bring NASCAR and, and Indy together as, a, as an You're entity. You're talking double-headed I'm shows. Talk, That's I'm why talking, I clarified I, that. Yeah. I would love to see go to Charlotte and see a Can-Am show on a Friday or a Saturday and run a, a cup race on a Sunday. Sure. we got the Roval course set yep. up now at Charlotte. Why not bring something in? Why not expand? That clock has got to go. <laughs> Why not bring some other things in, Tom? Why not yeah. merge and and because listen, look at our look at our Jonda today. Look at our our crowd out there. Look at the demographics. We're no longer dealing with uh, uh, you know people of our age. We're dealing with a thirty-five to sixty-five year old group. We're looking at the second generation. I'm an early generation. You're an early generation. I was brought up. Back in the 50s, 60s era of stock car racing, where it was a short track yeah, Saturday a little, night. A little earlier than me. Yeah. But I'm I mean, a 70s kid, but yeah. Look, look what we, yep. look what we right. came from. Look what you and I yep. come from as to where we are now. Right. And I agree with you. I think they, and that's why I said this this racing festival type idea um, is is an idea that's, that's coming, whether some of you like it or not. Um, and and it's coming because again the younger demographic wants more than just a three hour NASCAR That's race. That's right. You're right. You know they we need to get more people of diverse backgrounds and and interests to the track at the same time. That's why Indy has the um, the concert venue where you know everybody goes over there. All the young people go over and hear music. And oh by the way, we're running a race while you're doing it. And then <laughs> they go, wait a minute, what's this racing stuff going on? You know. There's a there's a reason why things like that are happening now, and I think you're going to see more of that in the future. But Indy's trying that already. They're doing that big machine vodka thing there. In well, the that's infield. what I'm saying. So yeah, they're trying it. Yeah, I mean, they're trying that saying. there. They're going to try yeah. it this year. Yep. And, they, and 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 again, they found that there were a lot of people that were really into. They saw the the cars. It was like, what in the world is this? So you know, <laughs> that's how you're creating new race fans. Uh, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to set that aside just for a little while. Because we do have some NASCAR stuff to talk about and some F1 as well. So we'll get to all of that when we come back on Lead Lap Radio, presented by HMS Motorsport. We are live on the Performance Motorsports Network and WSIC TV 25 in Charlotte. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels 
new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Valero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lee Lab. Presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Also want to acknowledge uh, mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life. Just go to their website, mycomputercareer.edu. And you can take a free career evaluation if you're looking to do something different with your life. You want something better than what you have or just want to make a change or you're looking for a first career. Well, IT mm-hmm. might just be it for you. You don't need to be great at uh, math or science. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available, including the GI Bill. If you're eligible, they'll, they'll teach you how to handle yourself in a professional atmosphere with IT in as little as four months not even doing it full-time you can do it at one of these seven campuses across the country or online um, mycomputercareer.edu is training for a better life tom baker g-man and red in the studio and um, we've been talking roger penske uh, because he broke motorsports today um, and and sent us our heads all spinning around in really fast circles at about 230 miles an hour average speed um, and uh 
you know, it's it, there are so many different things we talked about in the last segment. All of the different things this could mean for the for the speedway, more uses, different uh, situations. You know, do we add lights to the speedway? That's something else that the fans would rather not see. But you know, the bottom line is you have a facility, and it's a huge facility, and it's very underused right now, um, and it ain't cheap. So we we just need to. I'm sure you're going to see more races there, and probably more concerts and things like that there as well. That's what I was about to ask you. You said you're going to see more events. Do you see any events that they currently have right now at Indianapolis leaving? Because I know they got the, they run the planes, they run the GP, no. they run two races with the Indy cars there, the 500 and the um, the road course. Do you see them trying to possibly maybe even bring F1 in again? Yeah, and I then could, yeah. Um, maybe yeah. put. The cup cars or Xfinity on the road course an extra weekend? Put well, some more stuff like that, I think maybe? when you're talking doubleheader, Roger specifically mentioned in the press conference this morning how he had, he had observed, obviously, what uh, his driver, Joseph Newgarden, did at the Roval and thought that was, you know, a really cool deal and, and you know, would like to see something like that in terms of NASCAR and IndyCar combining. Um, I think the Roval would be a great place to do it, but obviously if you're Roger Penske, you... <laughs> You now own this other track over there in Speedway, Indiana, um, and they have a road course. So, you know, could we see IndyCar road course? I would love to see, honestly, because I'm not a big fan of the Grand Prix of Indy being before the Indy 500. I'm not a fan of that at all. I don't think it's a great race, number one, but I also think it detracts from the month of May on the Oval. I would love if they would take that race, and that would be a NASCAR Indy car double header on the road course because i think that i think that the brickyard would be a better road course race over there than i think it is an oval race even though i think the package this year made it a little bit more competitive i just think it's not a stock car track it was built for indy cars and that's really what what you have i'd love to see the two of them together on the road course i think that would be a fun weekend i i agree and that's something that i said you know earlier is that if they do any kind of a merge that's something that I would like to see. If we've got a roval course now in Charlotte here, we got a weekend of activity here. Let's utilize it. Let's bring something else in. We need to create a different fan base. And I think this is one of the things that Roger Penske is going to do, Tom and James. When it comes to taking actual control of the indie deal, I think he's going to focus heavily on his fan base and 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 do things more. Yeah. to generate revenue that way too. But I would love to see a road course take place on a Saturday. I don't care if we bring in a F1. I don't care if we bring in a Can-Am series, something like the Rolex series. I don't care what it is, but let's merge the two together. Let's create a bigger fan base, and let's give Charlotte uh, an opportunity to really take advantage of different types of racing. Let's Charlotte or Indy? Or Indy, rather. I'm okay. sorry, Indy. Let, let's really let's give something to, to back to the people here. And I think you're right. I don't think it's going to happen right away. But in the upcoming future, I think you will see Roger Penske open the doors and bring yeah. in another division. I really do. I got one for you here that just crossed my mind. I just thought about what do you think Indianapolis used to have a dirt track, 16th Street Speedway. What do you think Roger would think about maybe possibly making a local or monthly dirt show there? Because they already got the dirt track. Well, do you yeah, think that's something that, that he would consider maybe doing? It would it, be it would, USAC would if be, he did it, I bet. You think he'd bring more cars in there and run it more often? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, that's why they put it there. I don't think they – I mean, obviously right now all they have is the um, 
the BC 39 that they run during Brickyard Weekend, which again is that same kind of let's take two fan bases and, you know, put them together and make a festival atmosphere out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I could easily see more, I don't know about monthly, but certainly more bigger shows uh, there. And, you know, again, it's, it's such a big facility, you know, there's so much you could do with it. And the, and there's, you know, if they wanted to put a short oval in their payment, they could do that too and run sprint cars or super modifieds or whatever you want to do with it. Uh, you could you could do all these sec payment series, silver crowns, whatever. You could do those things. It's a, it's it's it has all that possibility. I think Roger he mentioned over and over wanting to talk to the IndyCar group, the Speedway group. You know, get everybody's. He called it top ten. In other words, your wish list, top 10 wish list of what you think needs to be done or you want to see done. Um, I just think that there's the upside potential of this is enormous. Um, you know, again, I think you 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 keep the tradition of the Indy 500 and you try to take some of these other events like the Brickyard that have kind of lost a little bit of their, their luster um, and you try you know, to, to do something to, to bring that back. Um, I just think this current iteration of stock cars. Now, what happens with the gen seven? Who knows? We're not going to know anything about that till they debut in 21. We see what they do, but what happens with that? Who knows? But the current iteration, I, I don't, I just, Indy, Indy was never a stock car track. Neither is Pocono. That's why they struggle to put on great shows there. Well, it's true. And you know, when they first, um, uh, talked about bringing you know the NASCAR boys over to the Indy track. Everybody kind of like do what they're going to do. What? You know yeah. they had that that had the second opinion at any time. But you got to look at now where we've gone in the sport of racing and how they branched out, Tom and James. Everything now we've lost a lot of our short tracks, our hometown local tracks. We've lost Rockingham. You know we've lost the 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 grassroots of racing tracks for, Why? for NASCAR, right? And, and and the same with Indy. I mean, you don't Indy now has got to look at the same thing here. They've got to start making some changes. And for seventy four years, we've had the same ball rolling, the same thing going, the same uh, venues, the same things for uh, the fans. We've had the same activities going on. Now we've got new blood in there. Now we've got something else going on. And I think Roger is definitely going to take a look at everything that revolves around that week of Indy. Uh, they're going to look at what we can do for fans. Let's bring in other race activity. Let's bring in other race divisions here. He's going to look at everything. He's not just going to focus on Indy now. He's going to focus on the entire race week at Indianapolis. I mean, we draw 300,000 fans a year to the 500. Do you think we need to tamper with that formula? Absolutely. You do? Absolutely. I don't don't think 300,000 is, in my, like I say, I'm looking at it from a business standpoint. To me, there's always room for expansion. But that's one of the biggest sporting events yeah, there is with 300,000 people. That is a lot. Put them? I you're mean, gonna... they sold out the 100th year with Look, over, a ha- put, over a half a million we people. We put a half a million people in the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, but I in mean, horse we, racing we for put one over, day. We put over a half a million at the hundredth running. Wow! For the five hundred too. I, see, I'm shocked at that. I, I think you. I don't think you need to tamper too much with the five hundred. I, I think, think it's you too got, prestige. I think you. Yeah. I mean, there. Sure, there are probably some other things you could do during that week that might draw you a little bit more. But but I don't think that's your problem. Your problem is that the brickyard right now is not a. a it, 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 they probably draw thirty thousand to the brickyard. Mm-hmm. Um, the brickyard is a disaster. You don't really have any other racing going on other than the Grand Prix. Um, I think you need to beef up 
the I think you need to take the ones that aren't money makers. Three hundred thousand people at the five hundred. Now you know, you know that next year is five hundred because it will be the first under Penske. You know there's going to be something unique that's going to happen. You also know that there will probably be another say 50,000 people that'll show up there just because, right? We got to go see what's going on. Maybe some folks that haven't gone in a while. Um, so I think you're going to see, but I don't think that's your problem. Gosh, if you could draw 300,000 every race you got, I don't think there's any complaint about the dollar, the the, the bottom line. No, I'm, I'm, I agree with you there. But what I'm looking at, guys, between us here and the fans listening out here, Roger's mindset and the sport of racing yeah. right now, I don't think he's looking at, okay, we got 300,000, we're good with that. I say we take the Indy and turn it into a week event. We take we do this in Charlotte, what we do would the you do for a week? Well, yeah, we well, but but you 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 have other you have events at other venues. There the, you go. The, That's the, what I'm saying. This is what I think Roger's going to do. Well, he's, they already do. You have the little yeah, 500, you have the you have all you have you almost an entire week of dirt track and you got the freedom, the yeah. Brian Clausen. Yeah, yeah. I see that. him. I see him bringing in something else on the big track, on the Brickyard track for that week for oh, Andy I in see. the future. I, don't, I would never see. I could I never see, see that. I don't. I. That's interesting. It's an interesting thought. I just don't see that. I don't think you need it. What I could see him doing is maybe a dirt track event, you know, something like that. But man, I'll tell you what. I I don't think Indy. I don't think it's in the best interest of Indy Car. To have any other events on that track during Indy Week. Now, during the month, maybe, you know, you might do something maybe before the Grand Prix or whatever, I suppose. I don't know what you do. Maybe an IMSA type event. But I definitely don't see it during the week of the 500. It'll be, it, but it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I And the biggest thing is with their prestige race, you don't want to put anything out there with a different tire. Because that's no. going to make it that much slicker. Yes. We see that. When you go to Texas, yes. when the IndyCar and trucks mix, when you put those two different rubbers on the racetrack. Correct. Uh, it's your biggest race. Prestige over there at Indy. You don't want to mess yeah, that up. Yeah, I don't think – I think you leave, the, you leave the Indy area alone and start thinking about the other areas the rest of the year. There'd be nothing wrong with having another IndyCar race there. And like I said, you got that Grand Prix that's okay, but it really doesn't – I mean, move it. Just put it with the Brickyard and let's, let's bring in an IMSA race. Let's have all three of them. Because you could do that that weekend. It'll be interesting, though. A lot to come on this story, and we'll continue to stay on top of it and discuss it uh, when we come back. NASCAR at Texas, right around the turn. Hang in there. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. 
take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Jesse Love, one of the Toyota drivers taking part in a huge deal, also uh, in Texas for uh, with Toyota. Uh, and um, that was a, a really interesting time out at uh, Toyota's facility there. So um, welcome back to Lee Lap, Tom Baker, G-Man and Red, hanging around the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina. We've been talking Roger Penske buying the whole, basically he owns American Overwheel at this point. Um, but to clarify, I'm, I'm obviously being a little bit, he does not own Indy Lights. He does not own any of the other under series. He just owns, uh, he's, he's bought uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the IndyCar series. Um, and uh, so we'll have plenty more in the weeks and months to come on that situation. We had two major events going on at the exact same time yesterday in Texas. We had the NASCAR Cup Series race, um, and we also had uh, F1 racing at Coda, which is uh, a whole discussion we can have a little later in the show if we get time about uh, how silly it was to have two major shows scheduled on the same weekend. NASCAR's crowd at Texas was Awful, terrible. Was one of the worst crowds of the year uh, in a NASCAR race. In, in in at least it looked that way, and certainly one of the lowest crowds Texas has had in a while. But we did have racing there. We're going to start with the Cup Series. G man, um, Kevin Harvick. You know you picked him last week. Good for you. Good good on you that you got that one right. Harvick just has this this penchant, and and we talked about this last week. For he shows up when it's time. And, you know, this is not the first time that he's kind of disappeared for half the summer. And then all of a sudden, you know, when it comes down to it, he's knocking one off to to get himself into the championship race at Homestead as one of the final four. Kevin did that yesterday. 
Um, it was a pretty strong performance. So I wouldn't call it completely dominant because there were other cars that certainly had their. Uh, but when you look at the top three, and this is key for me, Harvick, Almarola, and Suarez. Stuart Haas, Stuart Haas, and Stuart Haas. Took the top three. So, you know, if you were a Ford driver for Stuart Haas Racing, you had a pretty good day yesterday. Clint Boyer finished 11th, so it doesn't look as good for him, but even he was running very well for most of the race. You know, yesterday, though, Tom, uh, to start from the beginning with not a whole lot of detail, it was a tough day for a lot of competitors yesterday. Yeah, first off, the track conditions yesterday when they first started, you had you really don't have a lot of grooves at Texas Motor Speedway. No. But when they started off yesterday, you had about a one and a, and a quarter groove, one and a quarter line racetrack. Um a lot of early wrecks, six yep. caution flags in the first segment. Uh, Chase Elliott, the first misfortune of the uh, of the race there, got up a little bit out of the groove there. The back end got away from him. Uh, the 22 car, you know, Kozlowski, bad wreck. Several of the top competitors, Denny Hamlin, same thing. Car got a little loose on him there. Yep. Uh, you know, put him back. Uh, but Kevin Harvick, no, you're right. No one dominated yesterday. The three cars, the ten car Amarillo and 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 Harvick, uh, yeah, they they were tough. The four car had the pit uh, penalty there with the tire over the wall. Yeah, uh, misfortune call right there. Still one. Yeah, come back and and <laughs> and just you know, Kevin drove a smart race yesterday. He really did. Spot on. A lot of strategy pit stops yesterday. Yeah. Um, fuel only on some stops. Yep. Two tire outside tires. Um, and in my opinion, strategy yesterday, Tom, was the key to Texas Motor Speedway and the AAA 500 yesterday. Well, it was, but if you look at this, I mean, Kevin Harvick led 119 laps. Eric Almarola led 62, so there's 181 laps between the two of them. Teammate Daniel Suarez added 25 to that, so now you're basically over 200 laps of, of the race that they've led. No, oh, by the way, Clint Boyer led 36. Yeah. So... Um, it was not necessarily a Kevin Harvick domination, though he did obviously lead the most laps, but it was, um, it was a Stuart Haas team butt whooping basically. And here's the key. Daniel Suarez, I think is the, the takeaway from this. You sort of expect Harvick to be around this time of year. Eric Almarola has been strong. Suarez is he looks like a driver who really wants to resign with Stuart Haas in 2020. And I know Tony has said that uh, he wants to get that deal done. They're just finalizing some sponsor stuff. Hopefully that, that works out for him. Um, and so Joey Logano finishing fourth. And here again, th he leads five laps. That's all he led. Um, wasn't spectacular at all. But doggone it, at the end of the race, there he is, fourth. And you look at this and say, well, this looks like a guy who would kind of like to point his way in um, if he can't win it in Phoenix. Um, you know, he's hanging around, basically. Well, you know, going into Phoenix now after yesterday's race, first of all, we go back to start with Martinsville. Martinsville used to be the turning point and the key to going into the championship here. We come to Texas yesterday, and things changed. We, we had... Serious problems in the first segment. Yeah. Second segment went caution-free pretty much. Third side, the final round, everything just kind of went straight out the back door again. But we're still at that point right now where we've only got two locked in. Everybody else is, is – it's a crapshoot right now still. Well, we don't have anybody guaranteed after until we get into 
Um, well, you, you you basically you got you're, you're going to take four to Homestead, right? So yep. you got two locked in already. Okay, Truex and Harvick have won. That's They're it. in. Yep. Okay, you're, you only got one race left. Right, that's Phoenix. So here's the key: one driver's going to point the way in. And as I said a minute ago, right now Kyle Busch is sitting in third, um, but he's only two points ahead of Logano um, and Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, and Kyle Larson are still within 24 points of the cutoff. So in theory, if Logano has a bad day, if Kyle Busch has a bad day next week at, at Phoenix, any of those three, in theory, could make it. Now, we, we, all were, we all were bullish on Denny Hamlin, and I still am. I still think that Denny makes it. Um, I think he, he's got a chance to go win Phoenix. Uh, but... Um, you know, he had a terrible day yesterday and, uh, you know, spun and did some damage to his car and just kind of stroked around as best he could and rode it out. Um, but, you know, when you look at this again, like I said, here's Joey Logano sitting there. Here's my question. Kyle Busch is third. OK, plus 22. Logano's fourth plus 22 points. Hamlin fifth below the cutoff right now by 20. Do you do you believe that Kyle Busch is a lock? No, and I'm going to tell you why. If you yesterday's race, Kyle Busch, the pit crew was not spot on. They were not they were not aggressive yesterday. Kyle Busch did not show his aggressiveness that he's had in the past. I mean, he was not even a contender yesterday. He was not. He was not even a uh, a front runner, exactly. a, to, a top five car. I mean, I watched that race from start to finish. Every time Kyle Busch's crew went in, uh, uh, the car went in. The crew. I mean, they were just down a half a second here, a half a second there. The fuel man. One time they come in for fuel only on a stop in the last segment, late getting the fuel can out. Uh, the car wouldn't start one time. Then they had a fuel yeah. issue right there. I mean, they were just not the Kyle Busch crew, and I don't see him as a threat. And, I, and I'll tell you who I think the sleeper is. I don't care. I'm going to go out on a limb on this one here. Going into Phoenix, I think Kyle Larson is your sleeper. I was mm. about to say, I'm looking at it here just as a guy who looks at it from the racing standpoint. you got two Toyotas, two Fords. There was a guy who ran good there once before in a Chevrolet. Do you think they try to get into the party? Who's that, Larson? Chase Elliott. Elliot's got, I, he's 78 points. No. He's got to he, win. No. That's what I'm saying. Do you Kyle think he's got to win? Can he win? Yeah. He ran sure. good there and had a shot yeah, to do it I there. I absolutely believe Chase So do you Chase think he win. tries to get in there sure. and you try to make a 2 toyota to the Ford and the Chevy? Well, I mean, yeah, he's going to try, right? He's got to win. It's the only way he gets in. And I, I'm not buying Larson only because to buy Larson, in other words, he's got to make up 23 points on um, Logano. Uh, and Bush both, and you've got to assume that Hamlin's going to have another bad day because you're three points behind Denny and Blaney. Larson's got got a, a lot of drivers around him. He needs a lot of help, in other words, unless he goes and wins. Um, and I don't know. Could he? Sure. Absolutely. I think he would have been a contender yesterday. Um, but um, but it he's he's definitely got some work to do. But I, I, I agree with I think Kyle Busch, I have said for the last couple of weeks on this show, Kyle Busch is not Kyle Busch right now. No. That team is not looking like a team that's They're that's not a championship, a championship caliber right now. Now, he could go out and win on Sunday and you know, tell us all the pound salt. It wouldn't be a first time. But I just don't see him. 
I I think Logano and Hamlin are both legitimate threats, and I do believe in Chase Elliott um, maybe winning, but but that's the only way he makes it in. Now, if Chase makes it in, that leaves either Bush or Logano or Hamlin or Blaney or Larson, and Larson is the furthest down of all of those drivers. So he's got to make up a lot of ground on a lot of guys in order to point his way in. So basically, Kyle has to win, in my opinion. Well, here's how I look at it. And, and James, both of you, this is what I'm looking at. Yesterday, Martin Truex just drove a smart race. He's locked in. Yeah. He was no content. He was yep. really not you know, a, a hard runner yesterday. He ran, did what he had to do, get some points. But Harvick and him are locked in. All right? And now going in... Hamlin, Logano, do I see them? No, I, I don't see it because the way that the uh, race was run yesterday, the Harvick and Truex, they're not going to race hard in Phoenix. All right? I think the one who really wants to make that move and make a mark and make a stand and make himself noticeable, I think Kyle Larson, because Kyle Larson yesterday was a contender until – an incident with the loose or had the lug nut missing on the right front yesterday, vibration in the front end, brought him in on an unexpected pit stop yesterday. If it hadn't been for that pit stop, he was running. He was consistent. Every lap, he was gaining time. He was gaining on the forward cars. He had an opportunity yesterday to be a top five car. Not sure about tricks, but I definitely believe Harvick will be a contender to win again next week at Phoenix, a track he has basically owned Pretty for much. a fair number of years. So uh, this is going to get real interesting. Back with more right after this. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift. 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to League Lab, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. As we begin hour two, uh, looking forward to um, hopefully hearing from Dan Mazervi here, and we're going to talk some Pro Fours in this hour, but uh, we're also going to continue our discussion about NASCAR at Texas and um, we know that the Cup Series is going to be close. Obviously, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how this shakes out. But, of course, uh, the Xfinity Series also and the trucks are going to be um, competing at, uh, at Phoenix. So it's going to be really interesting. We'll, we'll look at Xfinity here for a moment or two. Um, Christopher Bell. <laughs> Dominating. Did he was on a vengeance what from last year. Does. <laughs> he rang the bell. Um, you know, this, this was basically, uh, his event. Now I will say that, um, certainly some good runs for guys like Justin Allgaier who needed a good run desperately. Um, you had Tyler Reddick right in the thick of it until he wasn't, um, you know, and so your big three, were kind of your big three, but Chris Bell, I believe, was always the guy that was going to win. Um, you know, it it was it was an interesting race, but Chris Bell suddenly feels to me like he's he's the guy you go through if you're going to win the championship, and that's something I have not said all year. After saying it last year, um, something I have not said all year, but I think Chris Bell. Right now, as we go into Phoenix, a track where I believe, again, he's going to do very well. I think Chris Bell is your guy going, going uh, that you got to go through if you're going to win the championship. Well, you got to remember, look at last year. Chris Bell, Cole Custer last year, where was the battle? Bell did everything he possibly could. Custer had it just a little bit more on him. This past weekend here, it was not going to happen. Bell, the crew, Everything was spot on. Their yeah. stops were good. Yep. Um, he, he he did everything that he possibly could do to drive that race, to show where he stands going into Phoenix here. Uh, it was a tough weekend. Uh, Tyler, let me tell you something. He looked good. He was strong. He gave it everything he possibly could, you know, yep. to give. But Bell just had him. Uh, there's something about when it comes to – uh, 
that race with, with, with Bell, I don't think he went in there with anything else on his mind other than I'm not don't worry about last year. There's a whole new race. Yep. It's a whole new program right now. Race the race, drive the car, and it will be in you know, in his favor to just don't worry about what happened before. He drove a smart race yesterday he did. or Saturday. Yep. He drove a race uh prior to that, you know, they were saying some of him and his crew chief, the crew, what they were talking about is drive the car smart. Pace yourself, pace the track, pace the time, know your line, hold your line. And and let me tell you something. They weren't afraid to beat on his backside. Yeah, they weren't afraid sure. to get up on there and, and and let him know that they were knocking on the back door. But he was smart. A great race. Yeah. Uh, I give Christopher all the kudos from the weekend here. And and I did say last week on our show, I said that he's the guy to watch. And you know what? Going into Phoenix, I'm going to say the same thing. I think Christopher Bell, folks, he's going to take it all the, the way. The big thing with the young guys that are running, a lot of them don't know how to hold the equipment in till later on in the runs. That's right. Seabell just knows a way to keep everything underneath him until when he needs it, and he keeps well, and takes care of his equipment, and that's something that he does well. The problem you've got is that you can't really anymore. This is the point in the season where you need every stage point, you need every playoff point, you need everything you can get. So you really can't pace yourself. And, and But Chris led 101 laps. There's no question that he was the dominant car. Ross Chastain finished second and did a really nice job in the 10 car. But, you know, he, yes, he led 29 laps. Cindric finished third, led 38 laps. But you can put those two together. It doesn't equal 101. I mean, this was Chris Bell's race. Cindric did a nice job in third. Glad to see Brandon Jones validate his previous week's win with a fourth place finish. And John Hunter Nemechek finished in fifth. And I'm going to give him a checkered flag as well for Sunday. That boy finished, I think, 21st um, on Sunday, sub- substituting for Matt Tift. And in his first cup start, he did a nice job. He he ran competitively as Front Row Motorsports does, um, stayed kind of out of the way, but did a really nice job. And, and I think uh, I think he deserves an attaboy. Um, we believe that that team is going away at the end of the year, the uh, GMS Racing Xfinity team is, is not going to run in 2020. Um, some of that equipment is already being sold. Uh, our Motorsports bought a bunch of it for Andy Sice uh, and some other drivers next year as they go full-time Xfinity for the first time. Um, and so, again, I think, you know, Custer had his issues, finished eighth. Um, you know, it just was a the Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer kind of struggled a little bit. Chris Bell had a flawless day. It was just a great day for him. It was that whole uh, that whole day, like you say, it was a very conservative race, uh, and, and the way Bell drove it was a very smart race yesterday. John Hunter, when he drove the thirty six car, I think his intention to get in there. He drove smart. He drove a very conservative Absolutely. race, but it was to gain some seat time, gain a little respect, a little recognition there. The 36 team, like I say, is probably, as you say, you know, going by the wayside. Well, no, the 36 team's not. His Xfinity team, GMS Racing, oh, okay. their Xfinity program is gone okay. after this okay. year. That's what we're hearing. It hasn't been confirmed, but again, cars are being sold. Okay. So you, you kind of, um, yeah, John Hunter is subbing for the final few races for Matt Tiff. Well, his debut in the yeah, Cup car yesterday. It was flawless. It was flawless, he but it was nice to give job. him, like I say, he gained some respect yep. yesterday. He got seat time, and, and his biggest thing yesterday was to finish the race. Yes, which to, he did. He'd complete the yep. race, finish it on the lead lap, 
not have issues. He, he he stayed out of trouble and guarantee with all the issues that took place with the front runners yesterday and the top cars in Sunday's race, I give that boy an attaboy and a koodle all yep. the way. Definitely checkered yep. flag. Definitely. The, the ultimate thing I want to know is he was in that race with his dad. How do you think he felt being in that with his first his son's first cup start and he's in the field with him? Uh, how do you think he felt behind the wheel as oh, father? I'm sure. Very I mean, proud. It, yeah, everybody wants to beat their dad, right? Which he did. Um, you know, and so uh, I'm sure he was very pleased with that. When we look at the playoffs in the Xfinity series, again, um, you've got you, you, four is the cutoff, obviously, for uh, Homestead. And again, one race left going into Phoenix. Christopher Bell, obviously your points leader. Now, this is where this starts to get interesting because um, – Cole Custer is second, but he's 52 points back. Tyler Reddick is, is third. Um, you know, and but here's here's what you look at. The cutoff is Justin Allgaier, okay, um, sitting in fourth right now. And he's 18 to the good. Chase Briscoe in fifth, one, one below the cutoff, is 18 to the negative. So basically you're you're in a situation where those two are kind of nip-tuck. And then you look at Annette and Sindrick, and they're probably uh, Gregson's definitely winner winner out. Uh, he's forty seven back from the cutoff. Uh, Sindrick thirty one back from the cutoff. Again, Gosh. basically winner, you're out. Uh, Michael Annette twenty eight. I'm going to say Michael Annette, unless Allgaier or Briscoe have a really bad day, is probably you know he's he's got a winner. He's out. Um, so I think this is between Allgaier and Briscoe for spot four. Is, is, I guess, where I'm going with this. Uh, unless Reddick melts down. Um, you know, Reddick is not technically safe, but but I think he's safe enough. I think he goes to Phoenix and does what he has to do. All guy or Briscoe, to me, are the guys. Um, but I think the sleeper here could be Cedric, because I actually could see Austin Cedric pulling off a win at Phoenix. So he comes from the seven spot and jumps up. And if he were to do that, now all of a sudden you've got one driver who's, again, pointing his way in, and you start mixing this up greatly. But I, I think I think really it's all Geyer and Briscoe that are fighting for that final spot. I'm going to go out on a long shot here for, for this race here. I'm, I'm really, you know, definitely a Christopher Bell, 100%. I think he's definitely got what it takes. He's looking at number four for the victory. But I'm, I'm not going that way. I'm going for a makeup. Tyler Reddick, I think after this past weekend here, I think he's definitely itching and looking to take in yeah. that win uh, for this weekend. I think he wants to be a guaranteed lock going into home. Well, and he, and he can. You know, that's the thing. The only guaranteed lock right now is Chris Bell. That's it. The rest of them are all still fighting for the last three spots. So um, this is going to be a, a, a fantastic race, I think, for the Xfinity Series. Uh, and I want to sneak in. Uh, before we get too far, I want to at least quickly talk about the trucks because, you know, this is another situation where, um, okay, uh, we've got ourselves a battle royal going into going down to the wire here. You've got um, obviously right now nobody, and I mean nobody, is completely safe. Moffitt is your points leader for the moment. But Friesen, Chastain, and Hill are all within reason. And Crafton and Ankrum are nine, let's see, 18, sorry, and um, 33 points back. Ankrum's 15 back from the cutoff. That's not even half the field. And the way these trucks wreck and the way things happen, 
I don't think almost any of these guys are safe other than maybe Brett Moffitt and maybe Stuart Friesen, but Chastain, Hill, Crafton, and Ankrum, I mean, you can pick one uh, because a lot can happen in that truck race, and this is going to be a barn burner. Every one of our front runners going into um, uh, next week, Tom, every one of these guys, every one of these guys had a misfortune at Martinsville. And and no one was really shining. Yeah. No one, no one's locked in. Moffat, yeah. we thought he was going to be the dominant yeah. force at Martinsville. Yeah, he, terrible day. Out of it, out yeah. of it. You know, Chastain, uh, battery issues. You know, I mean, it was just one thing after another after another with these guys. Yeah. So going into Phoenix now, here's what I say. I'm I'm looking at everybody has an opportunity. The doors open for the four drivers right now. I think Brett Moffat has an opportunity. But I'm looking at Chastain as the one who's going to really be hungry at Phoenix. Well, he may win the race, but I'm looking at who's going to make, uh, who's going to sneak in. And I'm, I am really, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Tyler Ankrum finds a way to get in to the championship at Homestead. With that, we step aside. More of League Lap right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports sales professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. 
Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And oh, by the way, if you're, uh, if you're a New Englander, you have a location, you have a retail location, the original HMS Motorsport in Danvers, Massachusetts. And us folk who uh, live in the south in the Charlotte area have their other uh, location in Mooresville, North Carolina to check out. So uh, all of that works. But uh, if you need safe driver safety equipment, please uh, check them out and uh, let them take care of you. We are ready to go to our strutmasters.com guest line. And we're going to hear from, I can't wait to talk to Dan Mazervi. Um, Dan is, uh, well, I think we, did we lose Dan? I think we lost Dan. Hopefully he'll call us back. Yeah, um, I think we lost him there. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're trying to get Dan Mazervi on the line um, to talk some Pro 4 uh, racing, and that should be a lot of fun. In the, uh, I think we may have him back again here. Let's try it. Um, Dan Mazervi, you are with us on Lead Lap. Welcome. How you doing, Tom? Nice, nice hearing your voice. Yes, uh, definitely nice to hear yours as well, and we look forward to spending some time with you talking Pro 4s. I'm here with the G-Man. Dan, how are you, buddy? Good to hear you out there, uh, man. I'm, I'm doing good. How are you doing? All right? Yes, sir. I am doing great, brother. It's just really good. good. Tom and I have been uh, very excited about this show here tonight because uh, uh, it brings back a lot of New England memories for me and Tom being a northerner, too, and the days back uh, with Riverside. and just It's just great to have you on board, brother. Well, I'll tell you, those days at Riverside were great, and I remember when uh, when Doug came, came down and spent a couple of weeks with you uh, after Riverside Park uh, when he was talking about doing some stuff there uh, with, uh, I think, with either Cup or with one of those uh, Bush teams, I think. And he, he said he had a great time spending some time with you down there. Yeah, we had him come down um to uh, Mooresville, North Carolina, when I was working on the Bush team down there, and um, we uh, had them come down and wanted to do some testing with us over at Richmond down there with Key Motorsports, and um, it was just good to see. I mean, Dan, we could sit here and reminisce and um, go back over the years, and I know Tom and I, uh, we talk about this at 50 years. Let's let's get into the reality of this thing here, Dan. 50-year celebration with the Pro 4 Modifieds. You guys were born in 1978 up at Seekonk. Kind of bring us in, tell the race fans here uh, a little bit about the Pro 4 Modifies and how the series got started and the generations of them. I'll take you back to when it really started in 69. Wow. And it started on the beach on Cape Cod. Oh, wow. And a bunch of us, a bunch of us guys had dune buggies, and we were on the beach. <clears throat> and uh, at the time, the... Uh, the National Seashore was starting to enforce rules about beach grass and nourishment, and we decided to take our races off the beach, and we went to a gentleman's sand pit in, uh, near the airport in Chatham, and he let us use his sand pit for the year, and we attracted so many people in that sand pit 
that we actually found a, a bigger place about a mile away, and that's how it all started. We started with the Chatham Doombug Association. We used to get thousands of people coming and watching us do sand drags wow. and circle track and hill climbs. Wow. And, we, and, we, and we built a little fifth-mile oval, and my God, we had so many people and so much fun, and it was all, all Volkswagens, and uh, it grew from there. It, 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 the guy started wanting to travel a little bit, and, and uh, I wanted to travel. We started going to some, some tracks off the Cape, and uh, it was almost like the Pied Piper. We'd travel three or four of us and then ten of us, and that's how it all grew. And then in 72, when Norwood closed, uh, we formed with all the guys that used to race Volkswagens at Norwood, and we formed what you would remember, the NEMMA, New England Mini Modified. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's when we went to Riverside Park back in the late, well, in the 70s and 80s, uh, we went all over New England. You'd remember that. Yeah. You know? And well, that's how that's how it all started back in 69. Wow. Dan, I'm curious here. Um, I don't mean to take the mic away from Tom, but I'm curious oh, on something please. here. When did it actually, um, would you say it actually organized into the uh, actual, when it got the name of the Pro 4 Modified Series, was it actually after the uh, NEMM uh, series, or was yep. it during that time? Yeah, well, you remember Roger Holderman? Yes, sir. From Winchester Speedway? Yep. Well, in the, in the late, I used to go to all the workshops down in Daytona, and I, at the time, I think I knew more promoters than they knew, because I used to always try to sell my races and my club to different places all over the Northeast and other places. And Roger, Roger liked the division and, and, and took us on out there. He had his own, his own open-wheel modified four-cylinder division. But when we were out there, my wife and I used to go out there and spend the weekend with him and, and Linda a lot. And... and uh, he said, "You know, you got to get rid of that. Get rid of that, that, that word mini." He said, "It's like you got to get rid of that." So, and I remember, I remember coming home from Winchester with my two sons. It was 1985, and Doug and Danny were with me. We were coming. I can, I can actually remember, Greg. We were on 22 in Pennsylvania, right near Easton, mm-hmm. and we came up with Pro Four, and the Pro Four stood for the professional, and then Federation of United Races was the four. Okay. And uh, that's where we formed this National Professional Federation of United Races. And we came up with that name, and then we started to throw that name around, and everybody bought into it. And uh, we formed a group that was actually a national group. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. And it was all, thank- no all thankful to Roger. Well, and, you know, Roger was a smart man, and Linda was a smart woman. Linda was, of course, for those who don't know Linda, before she married Roger, was um, was the uh, PR, head of PR, whatever, for uh, Oswego Speedway, where I grew up. And right. so Linda, Linda was a very, very smart lady when it came to all of that, and so... Um, the two of them together, really, their 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 knowledge and their skill sets complemented each other, and that's amazing. And and I think she was right. You know, there are certain words that just have certain connotations, and many kind of implies um, a different type of 
race car less professional than than what uh, you ended up with with the Pro 4 moniker. And I think that, you know, it's amazing what you can do with a name. Well, actually, we were the very first ones to come up with that name, Pro 4. I actually should have trademarked it because over the years, all kinds of uh, divisions have come up with that name. Yeah, Even in the off-road, in the off-road stuff, in yep. stadium racing, they call them Pro 4s. Maybe nothing to do with what we did, but I should have actually trademarked the name. Yeah, yeah, I agree, because I was doing some research for this show, and I saw that there were other Pro 4 uh, divisions that aren't, you know, aren't the same as what you guys are doing. Right, yeah. Dan, we're going to yeah. be going, pretty soon we're going to go to a commercial break here, but uh, real quick, a question here. In that Pro 4 Series modified uh, division, when it first got sanctioned or organized, um, you must have had... Um, some input in that because you've been a member of this right from the beginning here. Uh, when we come back from our break here, I want to kind of touch base on we how still, We got time. Go ahead and ask. Okay. We got about three and a half okay. minutes left. How did it actually become sanctioned, Dan? How did that take place? Well, it, it started off with uh, there was some uh, groups from from Pennsylvania and from New York. From You remember the guys that actually ran Islip, yes. Joey Santiago. Yeah. And uh, Bob Hackle from New York, and a, a group of us actually started a group back in the '70s when we used to race at Pocono, yeah. and, and that—that's how we all uh, earmarked each other. So we all had that communication uh, with the guys from Canada, Randy Slack from Canada, and uh, some guys from Florida. Actually, the guys from Florida uh, were very involved at that time too. And so we communicated, and so when we went went with that Pro 4, everybody bought into it that was that we all communicated with. Well, as far as the sanctioning and rules, and, and, and I know you told me a little ways back that you were on the phone for 10 hours uh, restructuring rules and, and program like that. So obviously that yeah. the division had been around other groups and other uh, areas. You said Canada and throughout the upstate New York area and all around. So there was actually... A, a series of pro four drivers or or groups that had yep. already been formed, and then you sanctioned oh, sure. together. Okay, okay. Yeah, even Bob Copley. You know yeah, that name, absolutely. Bob Copley, out absolutely. of California. You know, Bob is a very good friend of mine, and and uh, you know they call theirs on the uh, Northwest Pro Four Alliance. Yep. And uh, we we try to we try to uh, keep the rules close, but it's not easy because uh, a lot of divisions like we probably. Much like the New England modifieds, usually wound up with probably maybe some of the best equipment, right? Because of the technology that we inherited from from our modified people. So when we'd go places, usually uh, the New England cars were usually the most competitive. Although every place had very good cars and very good drivers, and and they all had superstars. So it was it was. There's a lot of people in this country that race four-cylinder race cars. And at the time, we were like the mini-stock divisions of today, I guess. There's an awful lot of four-cylinder race car drivers. <laughs> and Bob Copley and I today still talk about trying to come up with doing it again and really come up with a really solid four-cylinder national division. Well, I'll be honest. I think if you did that, I think this is the time to do it. I think I think if you did it, you did it well. I think it would work because... 
again, we're all after it's it's simple economics. And if you can keep it affordable and keep the rules equal where it, you know, the cost of entry in terms of buying a car or, you know, being able to be competitive, I think that's what you, you know, that that would be the key. So we've got about yeah. uh, 20 seconds left. So we're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to have more with uh, Dan Mazervi as we continue here on League Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. As I always say, you can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Go there right now while we're on break. Go there. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert helmets, Schrope belts, Adidas suits and shoes, Lero fireproof underwear, Lifeline fire systems, and even Racecom radio kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Spencer was our guest on Motorsports Madness last Thursday. 
He's uh, actually sitting out the final two races of the season. He's out at the SEMA show right now. He'll be, he's got some things in the works for 2020 that could be really interesting. Meanwhile, filling in for him in the uh, truck series, the last two races in the 20 truck will be Colby the Kid, Colby Howard out of Simpsonville, South Carolina. We'll tell you more about him before we cut out of here. That This is a kid that really... Uh, has some great potential, and I'm I am super psyched that Colby has uh, the opportunity to go uh, do the last two truck races. Back with uh, more league lap here as Tom and the G Man and Red all uh, in the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina. We're joined by Dan Mazervi, who is down in Florida right now. Uh, he is the uh, founder and president um, of uh, the Pro Form uh, series. And uh, I know that uh, you had several more questions for him, uh, G-Man, so I'm going to let you run with this. Yeah, I did. Uh, Dan, you're still with us there, I hope, brother, right? Yes. He's there. All right. Dan, listen, uh, the Pro 4 Modified Series here has really revolved over the last, you know, many, many years here. Uh, I want to kind of go back a little bit here to where uh, we've already covered now how you got sanctioned, uh, the rules come in now, the... Um, the different tracks throughout the New England area, traveling up and down the East Coast. Question that I have, Dan, is has the Pro 4 Series, or are you or will you consider having this an actual touring event um, to run for national or anything of that nature? Has that ever been uh, crossed? Well, I, at the time, uh, in, in the 80s and late 80s and early 90s, we had such a big force of automobiles to draw from that it, it was relatively easy for us to put together a national deal. Today it's different because those divisions have dried up uh, in a lot of those places, like like Lebanon Valley and Islip and the guys at Jennistown. Uh, they don't race those cars anymore. We're the only ones, and there's a group in Florida and there's a group in Canada. So it would be hard to reconstruct what we had then, but uh, I wouldn't say it's not impossible because there are people that are reaching out, reaching out to us, like in, in North Carolina, where they run some of these open wheel yep. four cylinder modifieds. Maybe they're not quite as sophisticated as ours, but they look at our cars and they want them to be. Uh, it's just a matter of getting that information out. We have a, a Facebook classified site that my grandsons run. And, and they're in touch. My grandson's in touch with people in Oklahoma, Wyoming, that run these kinds of, of cars, but maybe not quite as sophisticated as ours. But there's a possibility something could happen like that. Well, Dan, have you ever, you know, with the committee, and now that you're back up on the uh, in charge of the deal here, have you ever considered, I mean, just coming down to the southern areas here and, and campaigning to where, uh, talking with these guys, setting up some kind of a national meeting or some kind of a get-together uh, to where you can uh, talk with these people that are interested. I mean, there's there's got to be a way to promote and market the Pro 4, especially down here in the south. Uh, give you, for instance, where I'm at in the southern part, you actually had property at one time in the Monroe Union County area where I live. We have over 77 racetracks, Dan, located in a 75-mile radius around that area in North Carolina, down the Monroe area. Uh, tracks that could handle the Pro 4 Modifieds, you know, the Florence, Dillon's tracks, uh, Myrtle Beach yeah. Speedway down there. Um, ha has there ever been any kind of an effort or campaign to come down here and to really 
try to push the Pro 4 Series and to try to expand it? No, there really never has been for us. I know you know Bobby Guphill, yes. the New England Mini Stock Tour. I think yeah. he he has some success going down there with his Mini Stock Tour. And I think he runs a couple of shows there in North Carolina. But we've never done it with the open wheel cars. Okay. We've never, we went and ran the North South Shootout once. Uh, but there was some cars that came from the Carolinas, but they were mostly full body cars that ran with us. Okay. Because another thing, Tom and I are both from the upstate New York area. He's from the Oswego area, and I'm from Buffalo area. And tracks like Lancaster Speedway up there, um, the, the tracks that run up in the upstate New York area, uh, mini stocks, back when my dad raced back at Lancaster Speedway from the late 50s, 60s, and I started going up there and racing go-karts and TQs and things like that, uh, we always had a mini stock division that ran up there. Uh, guys like Freddie Rounds back in the days with the Volkswagen days. Sure. Um, sure. Why, was that something that could be considered, Dan, or has it ever had a possibility with all the upstate New York tracks that can actually run the Pro 4 Modified it, Series? You know, it, it it would be Greg if if somebody built chassis. Back then, we had Lindblad and uh, Flebke, and uh, there was a guy named uh, Jerry Curtis that built chassis out of Illinois. Yep. No, he was actually out of uh, Missouri, I think Springfield, Missouri. But but right now, there's there's all the chassis that we're running today were mostly from the 80s and maybe early 90s. There's, there's very few people building new cars, and my that's something that's something that my grandson is is my Doug Junior is trying to reach out for all the time. He's always on the internet trying to reach out to people to build interest, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard thing to do today with us. I don't know why, but it's the mini stock itself. There's so many. Uh, I don't know. I, that's a hard question to answer. I think you've got, you know, some of those builders you mentioned, I don't even think are, are building cars anymore. I know Ed Flemke still is. I'm not sure about uh, Rolly Lindblad. Um, you know, there. I think really it's, it's, it, it's just an effort to, you know, kind of get going in New England again and, and then start branching out from there and do some, you know, bring some cars down here, run an exhibition race, that kind of thing. Let people see what they are, because again, I think the the economics would would really be um, in this day and age when everybody's looking for lower, kind of a lower cost class. You know, the cars look great. I think if you could get a nice uniform set of rules, it could be enforced across the board. Um, I, you know, I think it just takes somebody who's dedicated to to moving around and bringing a couple of cars and showing it off and. You know, letting it build similar to the way Jim Gray did the dwarf cars up in central New York years ago on the dirt tracks. And now they're mod lights and they've got 30 or 40 of them a race. But he brought, uh, I think, three of them um, from the West Coast many years ago and just sort of a little guerrilla warfare, guerrilla marketing. Show up at the track and have three guys get in them and, you know, and do that sort of a thing. Dan, my, my theory. I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, what I was going to say is, you know, you take a look at what we've got, Dan, um, four-cylinder classes throughout the South. 
the U-car class, the front-wheel drive cars, of course, uh, some of the tracks locally here that run two or three different divisions, they run what they call a four-cylinder modified class full-bodied car. They run a uh, four-cylinder stock version class. They run the front-wheel drive U-car. Um, now you go back to what you guys are running here, uh, the 600 Club down here that's building the Bandolero cars and building the um, legend cars. Uh, the legend cars yeah. and things like that. Uh, New Smyrna runs a class of the four-cylinder cars. They've done it before. Uh, up in the New England area, Seekonk, uh, Monadnock Speedway, I don't know what you would call your home track, but isn't there enough uh, people that could help get behind the Pro 4 division in somehow, some way? Uh, your chassis, it's a standard 2 by 3 chassis. It's not out of the ordinary. It's a jig chassis that's made. Uh, you go by CC on a motor. It's not a cubic inch motor. Uh, it's it, it, it seems like something, a very simple division, Dan, that could be taken and manufactured somewhere and brought into perspective at, at a series of tracks. Caraway Speedway, Tri-County Speedway here. Um, is it just a matter of opening the rules across the board, Dan, or is it getting the people to back and support you? Well, basically, if you've got, like, like there's a guy, Billy Gaston, GR6 GR Racing, he... he he built a couple of chassis last year for somebody. He can't mass produce them, but he built a couple of good ones. Lindblad uh, has closed their shop, but I've heard they will build a car. But that's, you know, that's he will build a car, okay. not mass production. But our hope is there's enough cars around and there's enough chassis around that are really good that we will hope would hope that we came up with what we call the limited division. And we also let the guys with the V6s run with us. And that's like a, a, a 3.4 stock V6. Yeah. And we're hoping hope it's a guy could bring his mini stock engine out of his mini stock and put it in one of our open wheel chests. And that's what we're pushing for in New England. And we, were, we had this going for us at Waterford. And, but unfortunately, Waterford didn't open last year. Yeah. We're hoping it opens next year. We're not sure. But we were building up a lot of enthusiasm from local people that we had run there for two or three years, put on good racing, and we're hoping that we can do that. It's just going to take time. But we got, our effort is to try to do that and then build from New England, and then we could go now down to North Carolina like we did at the North South Shootout with sure. maybe 10, 12 cars and put on a show. But, you know, it's just you got to get the right people together to do it, and uh, that's 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 on our mind constantly to try to do it. It's just it's not easy like it used to be. No, not at all. Um, but it's it's an you have such a, a a rich history, and you know it feels like that the credibility from the past should help you with the future. And like you said, you start at home, build your field back up at home, and then start branching out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a lot of support from Speedway Scene uh, yeah. and the, the newspaper support yeah. and. And my problem is I haven't I haven't been able to find a really good PR person to help us out with the weekly results and stuff getting into the media. You know, we, we do Facebook stuff, but uh, uh, actually, uh, Ariado has offered to do stuff if we could get it to him. Yep. But that's about the only paper in our area that people read, I think, today. Well, um, I've got some ideas for you on that. So we'll uh, we'll get together on that uh, in the next few days. I'll shoot you a call. Yeah. But 
definitely appreciate having you. We're going to hold you, if you don't mind, for one more break and pick you up at the other side. We'll be back with more. Dan Missouri on Lead Lap right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. <laughs> Welcome you got back. that down, Pat, huh? I got it down. Welcome back to Lead Lap. Well, you know, you got to have some fun. Uh, if you're not watching us on WSIC TV in Charlotte, then you have no idea what just happened. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> Can't just own a replay. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Okay. So welcome back to Lead Lap. We're still chatting with Dan Missouri, who is uh, actually down in Florida, where it's uh, probably a little warmer than it is here in Charlotte right now, but um, in Statesville, I should say. But um, he's a, a New Englander, and we're talking Pro 4 
Modifieds and uh, G Man, I'm going to let you go ahead. You got a question. Yeah. Guess. Dan, I'm going to throw something at you. And this is a one time offer. This is not like hitting a lottery, but this is going to be a close <laughs> one here. Dan, listen, you've had some issues here with PR, uh, marketing with these Pro Four deals and trying to get people interested in everything. I would like to take myself and help you in any way I can. Um, and like to handle some of the PR work for you and media work here in the North Carolina area. If you're willing to work with me on it, I'd be willing to uh, invest some time uh, and and do what I have to do because I've had my involvement with the Pro Fours when I was throwing the flags for you guys. It was a great time when you guys come up to Riverside, and I spent some time with your son down here in the Carolinas. And uh, I just feel like the Pro Fours is worth every bit of investment in marketing and PR time. If you're willing to give a, a former Yankee and now a Southerner a shot, I'd be willing to help you out, boss. That's a grateful offer, and I certainly appreciate it. I would love working with you on some of that stuff uh, because we do need the help, and uh, you're good at it. And that, would be a great, that would be a great combination. Uh, uh appreciate that. I thank you very much. Tom, I know you had something for Dan here. Well, uh, you know, my curiosity is uh, going into next season, um, where are you at in terms of a schedule? Do you have any scheduled shows? I know that you've, you're kind of waiting on Waterford a little bit. Um, not sure that's going to happen um, or not, but, you know, have you had interest from tracks up there? What does it look like for you guys for next year? Oh, yeah, sure. I've got, uh, I've got Three shows at Monadnock. Awesome. Uh, I just confirmed those dates yesterday with Jeff Seidema. I've got two at Star, and actually Bob Weber Jr. actually contacted us this year for two dates. We've got three, maybe four at Hudson. Sweet. And that has turned around big time. Yes. And we have two at Lee. And, of course, we always have the, the uh, World Series. And uh, uh, David... Robbins at Seacon had told me he would give us a show at Seacon next year. So I think we have 11, maybe 12 shows already on the docket without Waterford. And we're hoping Waterford comes through. But if they don't, I know I can get a show probably at Claremont, uh, the Speedway 51 up in Groveton, New Hampshire, is offered us a show. But I can't get my guys to travel that far. That's like a six hour ride. But, yes, we have a great opportunity next year, and it's already started. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, actually, I think if I counted that correctly, you're closer to 13 or 14, which is great. Yeah. I mean, that's a yeah. nice, healthy schedule. Um, would When, at, at that point, would you be thinking more along the lines of 21 or maybe 22 to start branching out again, maybe take a year to get, get much stronger in New England before you, you start to travel? Yeah, I need more cars. Yeah. Uh, this this year, the best deal we had was 17, which, you know, if I go back to, to the old days back in the 80s, we had 40 cars oh, every yeah. night. And uh, but we had 17, which was encouraging, and that was uh, the promoter at, at Hudson, uh, Ben Bourne. Uh, I can't think of his last name right now. I apologize. Was really happy with that car count. And... Uh, 17 will do it, but I want we want to build it up to 20, but if you have 20 cars, you need 40 to draw from. So, because uh, half the guys, they just always, always got something else to do. Yeah. But we're working. 
that we're working at it, Tom, and uh, I think we, we will successfully do that. They got a meeting this weekend uh, back in Charlton at Dickie Dubois' shop to talk about rules and stuff. And So I, I think we'll be successful this year, and I think it will work out well. Where can people go to find information about you? Well, Facebook, Pro, P-R-O-4, Modified. On Facebook, we don't have a very good website, but we're working at it. They have a classified site. And uh, Messenger, I think, Pro 4 Rules Messenger, uh, that, 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 that discussion went on for almost two days. So, wow. So my, phone, my phone number, uh, can I give you my phone number online here? Absolutely. Like right yeah, absolutely, if you'd like if to. Anybody wants to call me, and uh, I'll repeat it slowly, 508-326-0000. I'm available. Call me. I let anybody know what our thoughts are, what what we would like to see happen, and we can help with technical stuff. We've got some really good people with chassis setup and engine work. Uh, I'd be more happy to help anybody with anything they would want. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, chat with us tonight. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll obviously uh, we'll reshare this through the Race Chaser Media uh, social media here in the next uh, day or two. So everybody who didn't have the chance to hear it live will get the chance to uh, hear it uh, at, on demand um, and uh, at, at their own time. So uh, we'll have that out hopefully before the end of the day tomorrow on Race Chaser Media. Um, and then uh, you can share it out. Your grandson can through, uh, through the Pro 4 Media as well so everybody can check it out. Have I got a minute to talk about something? Of course. Okay. The Pro 4 is basically uh, a 1,700 to 1,900-pound car, depending on the engine you use. The, right now, the basic engine is a 2.3 Ford. We're looking at Hondas because we feel the, the 2.3 Ford is becoming a dinosaur. We're having a hard time finding blocks and finding heads and stuff. But the horsepower rate, uh, ranges between 220 and 270. Wow. Uh, they're, they have a quick change rear end that Speedway Engineering builds. I'm not sure how long they're going to keep doing it, but I think that Franklin or Winters. Winters has one also. Uh, the cars are awesome to drive. They're open wheel modified. They have just just like the Big Brothers with independent front suspension with A frames and uh, coilover shocks, front and rear. The cars are awesome. We've had drivers uh, like you know Leo Clary, Bugsy Stevens, Jeff Fuller, Rick Fuller, Richie Evans drive these cars over the years, they all, all said it was the most fun they ever had. So a lot of retired guys that want to get into something less expensive but still want to race, get into these cars, and they have to throw a lifetime. Well, it sounds great, and we would love to see this class grow again. So uh, we're going to definitely, I know that uh, G-Man will be back in touch with you, and uh, I'd like to stay in touch as well. And anything that we can do to help out with that, um, you always have a place on the show if you need to come back and uh, and, and, and announce something. Um, you know, anything that we can do to help the series out, we're more than uh, happy to do so.
Thank you very much, Tom. That is Dan Miservi uh, from the Pro Four series, and that was fun. It's it's fun to to learn about a series for I think for a lot of our audience, they would obviously not be uh, educated about the Pro Four series, but it, uh, that's why we like to do talk about different things from different places because there are so many good series in in motorsports that are are regional in nature that you just never really get exposed to unless you're in that region. So it's fun to to kind of go around and and pinpoint different series and racers and tracks and whatever and, and just you know get uh, exposed to other things outside of your home area oh absolutely too and you know the thing too is a lot of people ask about getting into racing tom they want to know about how they can get it started where they can start affordability is always going to be the biggest question uh pro four modified series uh is a great way it's a, it could be a beginner's class as well yes, i've seen them from the beginning when they came out um and i really think that the Pro 4 Series, you got to think about it. This is what we're talking 50 years they've been around. So they've got something going on to be around that long, Tom. And and I really would like to see some people uh, down this way taking interest yep. to it. But it was great. Dan, you're, you're a great person to be around. I've been around you and your family for a lot of years. And thank you again for letting them come yes, on the show tonight, super, Tom. Super nice people for sure. Uh, okay. We've got just a few minutes left here. So we've got time for a lightning round. And I don't know that this is going to be so much a debate as more of a sort of co-rant, because I believe we're, we're, we're going to agree on this, but I, I just can't resist throwing it out there. Throw it. Okay. Um, you, 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 you've got two major series on the same day in the same state, like Cup and Formula One. Who in the world was the not genius that thought that one up? <laughs> I have stumped the G-man. I yeah. I have never, as long as I've known him, I've never. Yeah, heard him I, I can't. I cannot answer that. I really cannot. <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on that, guys. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> I don't want to say ple- pleading. Well, pleading the fifth, maybe because it's a family show and you don't want to utter your true opinion um but i'll 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 you, james you want to weigh in on this or no i'm not really sure to be honest who it was on i just know that uh they had you know two dumb. events in the same area so i'm not dumb. really sure who it was on honestly Hashtag let's put it this way dumb. i'll take a crack at it here i'll Go take ahead. a crack at it i don't think it had anything to do with the uh, with nascar i think it was just phoenix itself the track the facility the owners the management i'll throw it out huh Go to- Oh, 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 oh. F1 oh. was at Coda. Oh, on the same day. I, yeah. I know. I was just NASCAR at Texas, F1 Coda. Let's put it this way. It probably was a human error that had to do with scheduling. <laughs> I really yeah. don't want to say because I'm afraid I'm going to use a family show here. Okay. Well, here, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll try to tackle it. This was, this was egregious. It was ridiculous. It was careless. There was no way this. It was look, stupid. Look, Coda, Coda's all. They're going to have a great crowd for F one. I totally get that, um, because you know why F one only comes over here once a year right now. So yeah, but on a big gonna, NASCAR weekend, let's come well, on. Well, but now. that's the point, though. It's like you have fifty one other weeks out of the year, or fifty, I guess, because you got two Texas NASCAR races. You got you got all those other weeks, and you're going to put it directly opposite a NASCAR Cup Series race, and you're going to on a playoff 
playoff race, too. On a playoff race, you're going to start it at virtually the same time within an hour of the cup race. This is insanity. Okay, Coda probably had a good time. Texas didn't. The crowd was awful. And you and, and I understand that there's two different crowds. Not all people who like F1 like NASCAR and vice versa, but a lot of them do. And you got to understand, F1 is a spectacle. I'm not a huge F1 fan, to be honest, but I would go just to see them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, okay, because it's it's like when the state fair comes, you want to go. That's right. You may not like everything about it, but you want to go. Um, you know, I just think that was a terrible uh, thing to, and I surely hope that it doesn't happen again. And this is why Eddie Gossage, who runs Texas Motor Speedway, doesn't want NASCAR running at uh, Coda because you know, again, it's just Texas is Texas Motor Speedway sort of had a lock on that territory. I do think. The day comes, you see NASCAR at Coda. But uh, anyway. It's time to say goodnight. Yeah, it's time to say goodnight. we got to uh, check on Adi here, but we want to thank all of you uh, who have joined us. And, again, if you missed part of it, you can or you just want to watch us again. Thank you. Um, search Race Chaser Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Next Monday night, Eddie Flemke Jr. from Raceworks, another New Englander, will be one of our guests on the show um, and we look forward to that. A lot of history there as well. We try to bring you the best stories and the best behind the scenes stuff from grassroots short track racing. That's what we're all about here for the G-Man, for Red, for all of our sponsors, especially HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Check them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. I'm Tom Baker. Until next week, so long. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.